Today's scripture reading is from Ezekiel 34, verses 17 through 19. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Church, hope is not too much of a distraction, but we lost a row. And you'd be surprised. I don't like how far away I am already, but that one row makes a big difference. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. If you have, uh, if you've been with us the last, uh, the last uh, several weeks, we've been looking at Ezekiel chapter 34, and we've been looking at the challenge that the prophet has to uh, to the people of Israel who are on the verge of entering into exile, and the Israelites, their hearts as a nation have become increasingly very far away uh, from their God. And they're supposed to be looking like God's people, but for the most part, God's people don't look like God's people. And and the prophet has two people who he is challenging. There's two, there's two large reasons why the nation of Israel is in such an empty season. The first reason is because the shepherds have not been leading the sheep how they should. And uh, in the first half of uh, Ezekiel chapter 34 has a lot to say to the shepherds. But in the, in the last half of the book, or uh, in the last half of the chapter, he actually says one of the reasons that the sheep as a whole have become so far away, uh, uh, far away from their God is because they're actually sheep who are pushing aside other sheep. And what we've been trying to do is look at this image of God's people as the sheep, of his shepherds as the leaders in the church, and, and the sheep as Christians, and how we are called to care and be mindful of the people around us, how we are called, or how we are invited to be a part of what God's trying to do. Um, um, and so each week, as we've been looking at this image of God's people as the sheep um, and, uh, uh, and the responsibilities that we have as shepherds and sheep in the church, one thing that we've continued to highlight is even when the shepherds are bad and even when the shepherds are good, and even when the sheep are bad and even if the sheep are good, at the end, God promises a rescue for the sheep of his pasture. And we're going to see uh, more about that this week. As we look at this chapter in Ezekiel, he gives it as a challenge to the people. He gives it as a challenge, as a charge against, uh, uh, as a charge against the religious leaders in Israel and also the Israelites as a whole. But he doesn't say these things things to hurt their feelings. He's saying these, these harsh words to correct them and instruct them because God cares about his people so much. And when we hear this great promise, uh, uh, this great promise that God's going to give us, it doesn't come without the charge and the instruction, but it comes because he cares for you and for me. I invite you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 34, where we will uh, close the book here um, uh, here this week. Um, some of the charges uh, that we've seen that Ezekiel uh, 
has, uh, has against the shepherds and the sheep is that the shepherds are neglecting the sheep. That's, that's, that's one of the first charges. These shepherds have become so quick to focus on their own spiritual nourishment that they are not worried about feeding the sheep anymore. And the same is true for the sheep. The sheep have become so focused, keeping their heads down, i got to make sure that I eat of God's pasture, and the sheep aren't really concerned about the sheep who are beside them. We talked about last week that sheep, just in, in, uh, in the real world, outside of this image, sheep actually have a lot more influence on other sheep than maybe even shepherds do. And so uh, when the shepherds are uh, when the shepherds are neglecting others and the sheep are neglecting others, you're going to have a lot of sheep in this great pasture, in this great place with the master who are falling away. But it isn't just because the shepherds can sometimes be poor for God's people, and it isn't just because the sheep can sometimes be poor. That's not the main, that's not the only reason why there are sheep who are lean and there are sheep who are falling away. The underlying reason, there's a, there's a deeper reason that God needs to rescue his, his people, and it's sin. As long as sin is lurking around, is lurking around the land, where God's people live. Even though God's land is great and God's promise is great, there are going to be people who are drawn away. And even the best of the best shepherds are going to have seasons where they're spiritually apathetic because of sin. And even the best of the best sheep are going to have seasons where they're actually hurting other sheep more than they're helping because of sin. And it isn't that sin has this unwieldy power that God's not able to conquer. The promise that Ezekiel is giving these people in chapter 34 is not that sin is out of control and there's nothing we can do about it. It's you guys got to get your act together and God's going to do something about that other problem. In this image that we have where we are, 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 are the sheep and the shepherds, of God's pasture, and, and, and he's the master. What separates us, we uh, did this a couple weeks ago, what separates us from them is that God has a promise for the rescue, but we have received at least a part of that promise in the Son of Jesus. But we can't forget that even when we're at our best, we still need God to rescue us. Even when when we are at our, at our best, we still need him to rescue us. That's why even with the shepherd's best efforts, there will still be sheep who fall away. And even with the sheep's best efforts, there will still be sheep who we overlook. Because as long as we're here and until Jesus returns and ultimately does something about this sin problem, sin is still is, 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 uh, still on the loose at work in our hearts. If God doesn't rescue us from sin eternally, then we'll unfortunately continue to care about mostly ourselves. Sure, we'll try our best to care about other people, but at the end of the day, selfishness is at the root of sin. If God doesn't rescue us, we won't be able to put other people's needs, we won't uh, be able to put the needs of the people around us in, at the front of our minds like we should. If God doesn't rescue us from sin, we'll continue to butt heads 
with other sheep and will continue to push other sheep away if sin is still, it still has a hold on our hearts. We need to recognize first, we're going to talk about the rescue in just a moment, but we need to recognize first that without the rescue, we are lost. It doesn't matter how close to the pasture we think we are. If God doesn't rescue us from sin, we're lost. We need his rescue. We need his, his individual rescue right now, and that's what uh, Jesus is able to do for you and for me today. But we also need the cosmic, the cosmic rescue where Jesus returns and does something about sin once and for all. And we're going to talk about that next month. But this is how Ezekiel describes the rescue in chapter 34, starting in verse 25, if you'll follow along with me. I will make with them a covenant of peace, and I will banish wild, uh, I will banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness, and they will sleep securely in the woods. And I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will send down the showers in their season, and they shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in the land. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslaved enslaved them. In scripture, we get a lot of uh, great depictions of what God's of what God's rescue is going to look like, of what heaven is going to look like when God finally makes all things new. One of the first places our minds probably probably, uh, go to when we think about the rescue, when we think about heaven, is the streets of gold, right? And and the great mansions that, that uh, that he is preparing for us. But for some reason, I think I am drawn more to these images. I'm most, most comforted in the rescue of God when I think about the fields of peace where he is going to lay us and protect us. When I think about the showers of blessing that are coming down from the heavens from our, our master and the great security that we will find when we are around his, his, his holy hill. I love these agricultural images. The, uh, the prophets are, are uh, uh, known for talking about the rescue of God, the latter days, the end times in these agrarian terms. They're thinking about the waters and the grass and, and the trees. In these images, the you get this sense that the rescue of God, the blessings that he gives, are literally going to overflow. They're literally going to outpour over, over everything. The rescue that God has for his people is not just for his people, because the rescue that he has for his people is going to overflow out into the spaces around where, he, where he's rescuing. And there's this... Uh, uh, praise and worship song that Aggie showed me a couple weeks ago, and it's called "Bless Me." Has anybody heard this song? Yeah, I figured the Hounshells knew it. Um, it's it's a great song, I'd, and encourage you to give it a listen. But one of the reasons that I I love this song doesn't have a lot of words. It just 
it, it, it's just a, a repeating of this cry, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. And the reason behind the cry in the song is, Lord, bless me so that all the people who are around me will have everything they need. And it's, it's, it's like an eight-minute song, but it's worth it. You should listen to the end. Just eight minutes of, Lord, bless me so I can bless others. Lord, bless me so that the blessings that you give me can overflow to the people around me. It's really fun song. It's a, it's a good hype song if you're heading to the gym or something, but it does a wonderful job, I think, of explaining this idea of God's blessings overflowing. God's blessings, God's, God's rescue of the people out of the, out of the place that they have created, out of the place that they have found themselves, out of the, out of the lost spaces that these people are. God's rescue is going to be immense, and the blessings cannot help but pour out from the hills. Just Really quickly, there's a couple of important descriptions here in this reading. Um, in this blessing, in, 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 this, in, in the rescue that God has for us, we are going to have security. We're going to have security. We are going to be secure in the place that God has put us. There's not going to be uncertainty on this hill in God's, in God's rescue. When we are with the Master we will be secure. God's also going to wipe away all of the beasts. We aren't going to be worried about adversaries. We aren't going to be worried about enemies who are out there trying to do us harm. We aren't just going to be secure, but we are going to be consistently secure, not worried about what out there could hurt what's in here. In the rescue, there will be no more beasts. But I think I love this one the most. In God's rescue, we are going to uh, we are going to have predictable provision. In God's rescue, we're going to have predictable provision. We're going to have the food and the season when we're supposed to have the food. We're going to have the rain and the showers and the seasons when we're supposed to have the rain and the showers. And there's not going to be this anxiety about am I going to get what I need, because we will be predictably provided by the master. He will give us what we need in the season. And I don't know about you, but that is a really comforting thought when you think about how our lives are so dependent on, on the economy and so many external forces and eggs are ridiculously expensive and there's just so much to worry about. But in God's rescue, the provision will be predictable. You will be taken care of by the master in a way where those external actors are not a concern anymore. Isn't that beautiful? Do you see why I like this imagery so much of, of, of the rescue, of the hill and the fruit and, and the rain that will flow down? But this is the kicker for me. This is all, all of this splendor, all of this great blessing that comes from God's rescue. This is why I love it so much. It's all, it all hinges on, on just one thing. The prophet continues in verse 28. They shall no more be a prey to the nations, or shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. I will provide for them renowned plantations, 
so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. All these great blessings, and this is what it hinges on. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I, the, I, I the Lord their God, are with them. And that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. You are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your, I am your God, declares the Lord God. We, we have this great rescue with these, with these great blessings that are going to be poured down to us, and the blessings that we get of security and predictable provision are going to be wonderful in the great rescue. But the most important part of the rescue is that God's people will know that God is with them. It's the knowledge of God being, being with the sheep. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the sheep who are lost. And one of the problems with the sheep who are lost is when they're lost, they're looking back home at the beginning of Ezekiel chapter 34. They're looking back home, and what are they not finding? They're not finding shepherds. They're not finding shepherds who are looking for them. They're not finding shepherds who are able to heal them. They're not finding shepherds who are out there looking across the mountains and the hills and the valleys trying to bring these sheep home. In God's great rescue, when the sheep look back to find a shepherd, they'll find God every time. In God's great rescue, there's, there's going to be this secure knowledge that we are with God. And we are going to be predictably provided for because of this great knowledge that we have, that we are with God. Knowledge of God is a wonderful sign of his rescue. And yes, the other blessings are going to be great. Uh, 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 the prophet says we'll have these great plantations where there will be no more hunger and, and no more uh, physical need. But the real rescue is is knowledge of God. The real rescue is the unending knowledge that the Lord is our God and that we are his people and we are with him. That's why we need God to rescue us, right? Because sin is what separates us uh, from God. Uh, that's what we read in Isaiah, that sin creates an expanse, a barrier between us and our master. And as long as we have sin in our lives and in our world, we can't owe God like we were created to. We can't owe God like humanity was created to in, in the garden. So that's what the rescue is going to look like. And if, if we know that's what the rescue is going to look like, then how are we, how, how is the church preparing for, for that rescue? If we have been rescued, our response is to prepare. If we have been rescued, if you are a Christian, if you have already been individually rescued from sin, then we have a response, and that is to prepare for the great, uh, the great rescue. In the reading that was, uh, uh, that was read earlier in verses 17 to 20, we get this picture of what it looks like to not prepare, <laughs> what it looks like to not care about the rescue that God is going to bring for his people uh, for his people um, it, uh, it uh, said that there were sheep who were feeding on the pasture right but as they were feeding on the pasture they were treading down on the rest of the grass and the sheep who came behind them weren't, weren't able to eat 
It also said that there were sheep who were drinking from the clear water. They were in the pasture of the master, drinking from the clear water, but they, they didn't care about what they were doing, and the mud from their hooves was muddying up the rest of the water. So everyone else who came behind them, they didn't get the clear water. They, they got the muddy water. And that's been the, the underlying idea of what we've been looking at these past few weeks, is that if we are spiritually selfish— as sheep or shepherds, if we are spiritually selfish and we're not mindful of what the other people around us are getting, if we're not mindful about what the other sheep around us are eating and drinking, then what good is it that we have it for ourselves if we're just pushing people away? So in the rescue, this is where God's sheep and God's shepherds can come can come together to not just experience a blessing from God, not just eat from his green pastures and walk along his still waters, but to also be a part of giving that to other people, to also be a part of preparing that for other people. We need to prepare ourselves for the rescue, and we'll look a little bit um, at that over the next uh, several weeks, making sure that we are in the right uh, in the right pasture, so to speak. But more importantly, there is a holiness aspect. There is a mindfulness to other people aspect to us being rescued by God, us preparing others, us responding appropriately to, to the rescue. And if you're sheep, if you are God's people, then as you go out into your world, as you go out into your spaces, you have special opportunities to overflow the blessing that has been given to you, to the people around you. You have a special opportunity that, that I do not have, that other sheep do not have, to be a literal blessing to the people in your life, whether it's your coworkers, your friends, or, or even people in your household who need who need to see that blessing. That's what the sheep can do. And as the sheep come back in, as the sheep come back to, to, to come back to the pasture, this is where the elders, this is where the shepherds can come in to have a special opportunity to nourish the sheep, and to be mindful of the sheep who are going out in their world, but they're coming back lean. To be mindful of the sheep who are going out in their world, but they're not coming back as much as they used to. The shepherds are aware of the spiritual needs of the sheep. And this relationship between Christian leaders and, and Christian members is a lot like this flock image that we've been looking at. We have a responsibility to guide one another. Shepherds guiding the sheep and the sheep even guiding the shepherds sometimes. We have a responsibility to encourage one another. Shepherds encouraging the sheep. But sheep aware that the shepherds need encouragement too, and also looking out to feed one another. The shepherds are supposed to be highlighting areas where, hey, this is where the good food is. This is what the sheep need. But the shepherds need that type of encouragement as well. And it only works. This relationship between the shepherds and the sheep only works if both are looking towards the master, if both know the master, the knowledge of God 
is crucial to this equation of God's people being rescued. Here is one way I think that Christians today can appropriately respond to Ezekiel's message in chapter 34. Yes, it's a challenge, and yes, he's calling these people out and saying, hey, you've been doing a poor job at this. Here's what God wants you to do. It's a rebuke, but he's trying to instruct them and correct them. And so here's one way that he instructs the people of God in chapter 34. Ezekiel says that God wants the sheep to be a part of caring about the rescue. God wants the sheep and the shepherds to care about God's rescue. God's rescue is the, is the big picture. Uh, the chapter ends with this, with this beautiful image of what the rescue is going to look like. The rescue is the big picture. But if God's people don't care about the rescue, if God's people don't care that other people are responding to the rescue, if God's people don't care that the people around them would still be here when the rescue comes, then how much, have, how much do we really realize how great this rescue from sin is? If we have been rescued, then God invites us to also rescue. God the Master is ultimately going to bring about this, this great blessing, uh, this great season of rescue. Um, he says that even despite the poor shepherds and the poor sheep, I am going to be a shepherd. I, the Lord, am going to be a shepherd to my people, and they will know that I am with them. But he also is urgently asking his people to be a part of it. One day Jesus is going to come back, and we are going to be eternally, cosmically rescued from sin in this world and he wants you to be a part of it he wants you to be a part of of that work that he is going to do and that work that he started doing when he ascended and was enthroned in the book of acts here's just a couple of questions that we can think about to help us uh help us wonder if we are uh, if if we are responding to this uh to this rescue appropriately first question is are you excited to hear the call are you excited to hear the call of rescue? We ourselves, are we placing our energy, our excitement in this life, in the rescue that God has for you, for me, myself? Am I excited that Jesus is going to rescue me? The second question we can think about is, are we looking for ways to take that rescue to other people? Are we looking to give, are we looking to give the rescue that we have. For those around us, do we believe that us as Christians have something that is worth envy? Do we believe that we have something that other people should want? And are we trying to find ways to give it to them? And the last question, are, are we mindful of those around us? Are we mindful of the other sheep who need to be reminded of the call? Are we mindful as shepherds and sheep to look at our fellow sheep and see people who need to be reminded of their rescue? Shepherds to our sheep, are we seeing the sheep 
who are in need. Sheep to our shepherds. Are we seeing our shepherds who are in need? Because ultimately, God's going to rescue. God's going to do this great, this great thing. And he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to be a part of that work. All the great rescue hinges on the knowledge of God. We'll, we'll end right here. Everything that God is going to do, everything that God has worked to do in this world is all about people owing. God's creation owing who its creator is. And when sin enters the picture and Excuse me, and humanity is not able to appropriately owe its creator anymore. God sets in motion this plan so that his people can owe him once again. Jesus has the power to save, but the sheep and the shepherds here in this, uh, here in this church and here in this world, we need to be planting and watering and seeking, looking for sheep who are trying to come home, looking for sheep who are trying, trying to return or trying to come home for, for the first time. And if we aren't mindful of each other, if we aren't mindful of other sheep out there who are in need, what happens when they do come back and they find that all of the, all the pasture has become trampled on? by sheep who didn't care about others. And what happens when sheep come back looking for the master and they find water that is muddy because there were sheep and shepherds who didn't care about the other, other sheep who were lost. As a church, we have to be mindful of one another. We have to be mindful of those who are lost. That's what God is inviting us to do. Once more, I want to give us this image of the sheep and the shepherd as we think about our responsibility as a follower of Christ. There once was a man who owned a pasture. It was a beautiful, a beautiful pasture. It was large, and, it, the, and the man had planted this pasture specifically for his sheep, his sheep who he so desperately cared about. And he cared about his sheep so much that he set shepherds out in the flock to take care of these sheep and to watch over them and to make sure that they, they were getting just what they need because the man cared about these sheep. But over time, sheep start to wander. And over time, some of the sheep in this man's house start to leave. And instead of waiting for the shepherds to do something, the man comes out from the house and sends his only son so that you and me, the lost sheep, could be at home and know that we are with the master and to know that we are going to be rescued by our creator. If you are one of the lost sheep this morning and you need to be rescued from your sins, you need to be rescued from the pit that you have found yourself in, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the rescue. If you are a sheep who remains, if you're one of the sheep who is in the pasture and you're wondering, am I doing what I need to do? Am I being mindful of other sheep? Have I been pushing other sheep away and how I look to the master? If there is sin in your life that is keeping you from appropriately owing the master, you need to confess that sin to your brothers and your sisters in Christ. If you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins for the first time, or if you need to recommit your life to the Master, 
we would love to make that happen. I said this last week, that when a sheep feels lost, and they're looking back, and they're wondering, where are the shepherds? Where, where are the shepherds who are going to come and find me? I said last week that what that sheep might need is another sheep. And that's still true. Sheep heavily rely on other sheep, and we heavily rely on one another. But I, would, I do want to amend, amend that statement. That those who are lost, that those who are lean, and those who are spiritually in need, and they're looking for answers, they're looking back and saying, how do I get home? How do I become a part of that rescue? What they need is a sheep or a shepherd who knows the master. And if the sheep or the shepherd know the master, then the blessings in this life will rain down and overflow in the hills and all the valleys around us. And if we don't care about the people around us, then we are hogging up that overflow. If we are a Christian, if we are a baptized believer, a child of God, then the blessings that we get from Jesus are immense. Are you looking to give those to other people? If you need to give your life to Jesus this morning, if you have any need at all, won't you make it known right now as we stand and sing together?